What's Up Whittier? Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Howdy neighbors, producer Christine here and welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Laura from Veggie Ike. This week is a little bit different, so listen in as Jesse and Remo interview each other and share some thoughts about their experience in the last couple of years, like, you know, last year and a half or whatever. Um, We learn a little bit about the housing market, everyone's bit, like how people's businesses were hurt or benefited. We get the guys' opinions on the Greenleaf Promenade and things like that. Um, So... Since they're going to give you a COVID update, I did not hold for that plane, so I hope you didn't hear that. Um, Since I wasn't there to share my COVID update, I guess I'll give you a brief synopsis of my last year and a half. So obviously, I ran for office, I ran for mayor for the city of Whittier, and it was truly an incredible experience. if I could go back and redo that past one, I would totally redo it. Will I ever do it again? Never say never. Um, But I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about other people, other people that, you know, you could consider your friends or other people that you look up to. And honestly, at the end of the day, politics is not for the weak. So I experienced love during the pandemic. I experienced terrible heartbreak, um, more love, and then more heartbreak. <laughs> um, great craft beer from Whittier Brewing Company, um, amazing wine selections from Salah Wine. I uh, love Northgate on La Habra or on Whittier Boulevard. The Northgate uh, was amazing, it was a lifesaver. And I have a new job now. So I have a new job, I'm in accounting, which my grandfather always wanted me to be an accountant. But I was like, no, I want to produce podcasts. Um, And so I did a little bit of that during the pandemic. Um, I actually hosted and emceed a few virtual events. So that was really cool. Um, I picked up my personal assistant business. I worked for this incredible gentleman named Rick Elias, who owns the Elias Building in Uptown Whittier, which is where Hot Mess and Whittier Beauty Collective is at. And he's a very, very misunderstood person, but he's incredibly intelligent. And those things I really did appreciate learning from him. So like I said, now I have a new job because it's like a real job and I have benefits. So when I say quote unquote real job, I just mean like, you know, there's like a whole work culture and it's corporate and all those kinds of things that you should have that experience in your life, right? That's what they say. But anyway. I'm very incredibly grateful for this opportunity that I have here and it's all the way in Orange County. So if you have noticed my absence, it's totally not on purpose. You know, I really just don't even get out to Whittier until like seven o'clock at night. And by that point, um, everyone's with their kids and they're having dinner with their family. So I don't wanna intrude on that, which is why you guys get to listen to the community corkboard announcements. Again, I am so grateful if you have not fast forwarded through this little intro yet um but anyway I again I'm just really grateful so that's a little bit of my life update um I do have a Disney magic 
key. So if you have one, let me know. Maybe we could like hang out or something. Um, so again, I'm grateful for the listeners. I'm grateful for the supporters. I'm grateful for Remo and Jesse and everybody involved in this process. And just know that we really wouldn't even be doing this show if it wasn't for you. So thank you so much. And we only do this with your support. So thank you for subscribing and listening and telling your friends about this show. So now for your community corkboard announcement. All right, every Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., we have the Uptown Whittier Farmer's Market presented by the Whittier Uptown Association on the corner of Philadelphia Street and Bright Avenue. They have great vendors there. Also, we have Chalktastic. I did talk about this last week, so make sure you sign your child up for Chalktastic or your neighbor or like your cousin, your niece, your nephew. Um, It's actually the 15th annual Chalktastic this year, and that's going to be on October 16th, which is this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. I will definitely be there because it's going to be at City Hall at 13230 Penn Street. The registration is free and it comes with a 16 color chalk kit and a kneeling pad. Isn't that cool? You can also sign up on the same day. If you're unable to go to whittierrec.org, show up on the day. And I will definitely be there. Please come up, say hi. It'll be really cool. I love meeting new people all the time. And our next event is the Whittier Ghosts and Legends walking tour. So Modern Shaman, okay, so I love Kim. We talked about, or you can listen to Rima talk about how much his family loves Modern Shaman as well. But again, Mike and Kim are amazing people over there. So they've actually collaborated with a gentleman who does these walking tours. So the next, they've already sold out for the 13th and the 27th. So the next ones are October 20th from 6.30 to 8.30. And tickets are $15. So I'm literally going to go buy my tickets right now for my little sister because she wants to go. It's her birthday. So if I buy them, I will see you there. Next, we have Wicked Drag Bingo. Like I said, everyone at the Modern Shaman and the 40 are amazing people. And so is everyone at Whittier Pride. You can check out that episode um, a little bit back. That's where... Um, my good friend Carla Rodriguez and I interviewed Melissa De La Cruz and Gaetano from Whittier Pride. They're great people, amazing people. So again, this is a fundraiser for the Future LGBTQ Youth Resource Center in Whittier. This is going to be on October 27th at 7 p.m. Go to Eventbrite for tickets. Next up, we have the Whittier Spooktacular 5K. This is an annual event. It's a fun, healthy way to kick off the Halloween spirit. This is put on by the Whittier Community Foundation. On Saturday, October 30th, the Kids 2K Dash starts at 7.30 and the 5K starts at 8 a.m. This is at the Whittier Community Center. They'll have a whole area blocked off, so you'll basically want to be on Mar Vista in Washington by the library. And um, $25 for the kids and $25 for the adults. There's a pancake breakfast, GJ's along the course. You get a computerized finish line result, which is really cool. There's a discount if you are a team of 10 plus people and refreshments, goodie bags and costume contest. So hopefully you guys can come out for that. It's a tradition every single year. Um, I'm working that morning, so I won't be there, but I hope you guys can make it. Next up, we have the Whittier Museum events. So that's also a thing I've been doing uh, doing during COVID. 
being secretary and running the minutes. That's cool. So the Whittier Museum is located at 6755 Newland Avenue, Whittier, California, 90602. So a lot of fun activities. Halloween weekend is going to be pretty busy at the museum. And by the way, the museum is open all the time, so you guys can just go there and check it out. So um, from the 29th through 31st, we are going to be having a haunted maze from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. It is completely free and for the community. We just ask for a five dollar donation. Um, I know that you know Ryan and Nick and everyone down there is really working hard on it. So we that is just so much appreciated. Um, but if your little kids, um, your youngins, think might be too scared for a haunted maze, come on down to trick or treat at the museum from one to five on the thirtieth. So not on the thirty first, which is Sunday, because that's a school night. So we're gonna do Saturday. Um, so it's like a whole weekend of Halloween fun. And lastly, we have our hearse car show. So to my knowledge, this is the first time that this has ever been done. This is in conjunction with the um, haunted house. So this is going to be on the Saturday again from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And it's free. So I hope you are filling up your calendar with all these really cool events. I will definitely be letting you know if more things come up, if you have any events you'd like to submit to the cork board, please, um, as long as Instagram is still around, you can send us a DM or you can email us at whatsupwhittierpod at gmail.com. Our Instagram is at whatsupwhittier. So thank you so much for downloading our show, pressing play, and listening to some great people from our magical city. If you're a newer listener, again, thank you for listening to this entire thing. Um, or if you want to remember life before March of 2020, listen to over 100 of our past episodes, wherever you're listening to this show. Social media hasn't officially shut down yet, but we had a scare last week. So um, follow ours to check in and see what's happening with the What's Up Whittier crew. You can find What's Up Whittier on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, you can email us suggested guests, comments, questions, pork board events, or anything really at whatsupwithyourpod at gmail.com. Thank you for following the team. Jesse is at J2Architects on Instagram and Facebook, and he has a website. Remo is at Remo the Realtor on all social medias, and it's also RemoTheRealtor.com. And feel free to follow me if you want to. Producer Christine at The Singing Moon and at Christine for Whittier on Instagram. If you need an architect, realtor, I am a notary, you know how to reach us. Thank you again for all of your support. We are so grateful that you're still here listening and learning about our town with us. It's our pleasure to share such wonderful businesses with our community. Now, without further ado, take it away, Jesse Remo. What's up, Whittier? Dun, da, da, da. Remo. Talk to me, Jesse. We're back. We sure are, Jesse. We're in a new location. It's a new year. <laughs> not, not maybe new year, but it feels definitely like feels it, like it. Um, so just maybe a quick thank you to all those that have reached out. What's up, Whittier is kind of back on. Um, and I, I don't say back on, but obviously with COVID, we've attempted to do a couple podcasts through some virtual form and it's just not the same right looking at someone and being able to interview and actually seeing what they're experiencing as they're telling us the stories i think there's some some awesomeness to that so um so we're back we had our first interview 
with Vegica. Uh, Vegica, and uh, that was good. We got fed, and today we're at a different location. Probably be the only time we do this here, which is my backyard. Who knows, man? This might be the new studio. No, we we'll have to sign some kind of lease agreement. You know, as we, it's it's funny because we have uh, we have a deck that Jesse, you know, did the architect for, um, design for, I should say, and our dog pees on <laughs> the deck, and we're underneath the deck. So as he's peeing, we're kind of, you know, half on our seats and half <laughs> not in our seats, just ready to kind of jump out. Let's so just say it's raining uh, yellow water. Yeah, man. which is obviously uh, not the best, but luckily we we weren't casualties. Of his uh, of his target practice, that's so right, that's right. anyway, so it's obviously in our backyard, which is kind of nice. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of the you know what's going on with um, with everything around us, uh, obviously we're getting over. I feel like we're getting over it, um, and obviously still dealing with with the uh, the issues that that this whole COVID mess is kind of bringing along. How has it uh, how has that impact you in terms of the uh, the, I mean, life. Yeah. Well, I would say one one other thing that we reason why we we stopped um, the the podcast uh, is because we you know everyone has and this is I don't want to get too political but everyone has different views of COVID and what's happening right and so we didn't want to obviously offend anyone and and if we try to do it you know episodes we have a, a newborn or a toddler now. And so there was a lot of that dynamic, right? Yeah. In the past, when we were talking to people, it was just we get to naturally hear the story. But now, I don't want to call it a divide, but there's definitely more opinions about yeah. of, about COVID, the vaccine, and so forth. So we didn't want to be insensitive and just, you know, so we just decided to kind of put things on hold. So um, so going to your, back to your question about, you know, how, how have things been? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh I mean, how has it really impacted even business? I mean, have yeah. you have you seen it affect business at all? Or yeah, um, so I'll, I'll talk about just uh, my world in, in real estate. Uh, we we weren't really impacted, I, I guess, from a production standpoint, right? From sales and so forth, that we had this temporary, you know, one month, maybe forty five day drop, but it just kind of recovered really quickly, and I think. One of the things that serves that is real estate is a slow-moving asset. Mm-hmm. So what, what I mean by that is if you wanted to sell your home, you there's a process of you know meeting with a, a realtor, preferably us, no, meeting with a realtor, um, having some sort of agreement, maybe some repair, an escrow process. And so by that time, people, even if they panic sold, they – they realized that it wasn't as bad from the real estate side. Yeah. Where if you were in like a financial product like stocks and so forth, if you wanted to sell it, it's pretty quickly. And then you would have then looked back and said, man, maybe I should have done that. So that's protected, I think, real estate quite well. Um, now, I, I think the interaction changes, right? During that time, it was a lot more virtual stuff. And I'm sure everyone is completely, you know, zoomed out and doesn't want to, <coughs> excuse me, be on. I was on a Zoom today and. As much as I was there, like you know, I'm just I, I'm I'm not I'm not You're as zoomed connected. out. Yeah, I'm I'm personally zoomed out, and so, um, but from a convenience standpoint, what I think COVID has taught us is we can work from home, and that was always one of those. And me as an employer with employees, always thought, no, I want to be able to see the person because I, you know, one, I want to be able to know, and I think that's just our, our human nature, right? Yeah. However, I think we're actually more productive when our admin team and, and myself are working from home because 
Um, one, and this is kind of a gray area where the, the, you don't really stop working. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that's the trade off. Obviously, there's a lot more convenience, but, you know, if, if someone wants to go get lunch or, you know, one of our ladies wants to go get their nails done at 11 a.m. on a Tuesday because that was the time I fit, I wouldn't care about it as long as I get their work done because yeah. I know I'm seeing emails replied to at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., yeah. weekends, which. You know, I I, I'm, I actually favor that more than them clocking out at a certain time. And at that point, it's to the next day because yeah. um, from a productivity level, obviously not a lifestyle level because th- that might be a little bit selfish on my end. However, it works for them. So yeah. it definitely works for me. And, and that's a big thing you're seeing nowadays is that, like, everybody got used to this whole virtual uh, working scenario or arrangement. And, uh, and you're right. It, it works for some businesses. Other businesses, obviously, it's hard to – do the whole virtual, uh, uh, you know, co-working. Um, and I, I would say one thing that COVID has taught us from, from again, real estate is in the past, um, areas like the IE, Riverside, Fontana, even further east, you know, Victorville, it was difficult for people to want to relocate there because the jobs are here, yeah. right? So if I moved to Victorville, got a, you know, $300,000 house, I got a four-bedroom, three-bath, the problem is you have to live there, right? And so, and you have to commute potentially to wherever you're going to go be working. Yeah. And so no one wants to do a, a two-hour commute each way. And the beauty of us being in the backyard, we get the planes that go right yeah. over us. So if you hear that in the background. Um, however, with virtual working or, you know, um, telecommute, how, you know, different names for it, um, areas like that have been booming because people said, well, I'll get an extra room or two and I'll have – a whole office i you know i can i could be there and it worked out really well and so those areas really have benefited well um, from the pandemic because it exposed it showed us that we can work from home and still be productive yeah it's funny you say that because uh the, the whole um at least for mine in terms of business at, when the pandemic was going on and there's all this lockdown and everybody's working from home that was the number one inquiry i would get somebody wanting to add a home office mm-hmm. or a home gym and uh, and it was one of those things where, like, again, it's just, you know, uh, bringing everything from the outdoor indoor now. Um, and it's it's interesting to see how things start opening back up yeah. and whether, you know, again, people are going to be wanting to work from home yeah. or even working out from home. Or are they going to just go back to normal uh, life and, and, you know, yeah. commute? Yeah. Um, and I'll ask you the, kind of the same question. But before, I, I think one thing that we probably should say is we are interviewing each other today. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> so There's no special guest. Normally, guests. we go, <laughs> dun, 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 there's a special guest, and we talk about the special guest, and they come in and chime. And people are like, wow, this intro is a lot longer than <laughs> it normally is. But today, it's just more of a catch-up with each other. Uh, we have a lot of business that we do interactive. You know, We talk back and forth on real specific words, just like 30-minute conversations here and there but not to obviously actually sit down and catch up with each other. So there's no – our special guest is Jesse and, and myself, Remo, today. There you go. Yeah. So how, how has business or changed for you, the world of architect, and, and did projects stop? Did they – you know, you said obviously the gym and the, the yeah. offices. Well, you know, thank God that we, we – obviously we're still pretty busy right now, but, uh, you know, right when COVID hit and they started locking things down, there was um, – I think every uh, from all the projects I had on the board, there was only two that that were put on hold, and um, both of them were homeowners, um, and both of them were you know in the same kind of scenario everybody was feeling is like what's going to happen with with money, right? 
Um, am I going to have money available? Do I have to save my money now for something else? Am I going to be busy with work or no work and so forth? And so those are the only two that, that kind of were put on hold. Um, everything else just kind of kept moving forward. There was a time frame where uh, there was no work, like there was no more inquiries, like there was no people calling uh, in terms of trying to start new projects. How um, long did that last? It lasted for about two months. Really? Yeah, it was two wow. months, uh, and it was and it happened right when uh, they did the uh, stay at home order. Mm-hmm. Um, for those two months, it was just you know everything was pretty quiet. Um, there was no, like I said, no no inquiries, no calls in terms of new projects or, or new leads. Um, but after that, uh, you know, once everybody felt comfortable or not comfortable, when they, but when people started seeing like, hey, life still needs to move forward, um, you know, we kind of have to keep going and moving forward with some of these projects. Um, and some of these were also new projects because not a lot of people were, were at home, you know, every day for, you know, 24 hours. And so people being at home, they realized they needed more space. Um, or they needed something else, right? They, they someone an outdoor patio or, or, or a pool or, you know, bring mom home or something like that. So there was a lot of uh, different types of projects that were coming on. Um, but, yeah, it was, uh, I think, uh, on our, my industry and the construction side of things, there was a lot of people who were a little worried that, you know, if things were going to come to a halt. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, uh, we kind of managed through it. Uh, the I think the biggest hurdle was uh, cities. Cities being shut down and not available to kind of process some of the paperwork. Um, and as all of you guys know, I mean, you can't really do anything without having a permit in hand. So, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just and so, uh, anyways, so that's kind of you know business wise. And, and uh, again, I thank God that we're we're still moving forward and, and uh, you know can be busier enough. Um, but yeah, we're, we're we're definitely seeing how how people are changing their life or lifestyles. To accommodate this, yeah. one one project that you helped us with, Jesse, that I remember, as you say, that some cities are closed. Um, I remember they had a sign on there, and I won't mention this, the city name. It says, "No paper applications will be accepted." Mm-hmm. Right, so the, you, pretty much they don't want any papers. Yep. Or I think the plans, I think was was it, and so they require that it takes two days for it to sit there. Yeah, for w- if there's anything on them to it's die like off. Quarantine, yeah. However. They'll gladly take a check. Yes. <laughs> the check gets processed as soon as you give it to them. Cash or so, money. So, no, it's actually. No, cash and check, right? Yeah. So, it's, it's funny because they're like, we, we won't, you, the plans have to sit there. But, however, the money will, will take quicker, which is. But, you know, know, you know, COVID does not get transferred through cash or checks, right? Just cash or checks. Yeah. But on, on architectural <laughs> plans or engineering calculations, there's. The possibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, we're making joke of this. And, and you know, obviously, COVID's. Um, a serious thing, and we've probably yeah. both, uh, both, and I'm sure you as listening have someone that's been impacted. But for the city to come back and say, no, we're not taking plans, but or yeah. we'll take them in two, three days, but yeah. we'll take the check. I thought that was pretty comical. Uh, it's either you do one or the other, right? That's <laughs> you know? right, man. That's right. You, you, that policy doesn't just get excluded just for money. Yeah, no. So, I mean, again, uh, business is, is uh, good. Um, family's doing well. Uh, that, that was probably one that was hard on us, too. Because uh, obviously I have two little ones, and and they'll both you know had to go learn virtually, and uh, the wife's a teacher, so she had to teach virtually. Uh, so it was I had a whole classroom or a whole class or a whole school in my in my home. Yeah. Um, and and I know your your kid Sebastian, he has a lot of energy. <laughs> so oh man, these to kids. tame him in the house is uh, like, tell me more about that. 
Yeah, so just uh, so uh, obviously they're both on their iPads. They're learning yeah. learning virtually, and uh, so we we had to keep everybody separate to make sure everybody's learning and focused. Yeah. But but there's times when like you know it's just it's a, it's a zoo, man. Yeah. It's a zoo, and and when they finally um, when they finally lifted the uh, that order where you can now go out and and you know essentially uh, get out of the house. Uh, I was the first one to go back to my office because uh, <laughs> it's hard, man. It's hard focusing at, at home. Um, but again, I, I think we we've managed to get through it. the The consequence that we're seeing now is that now they're back in person, and so some of the kids uh, are obviously they've been out of it for what a year and a half, almost two. Um, and so for them to kind of get used to being in a classroom for that long, you know, with the mask on. Uh, and and not have them socialize is very difficult. I mean, as a as an adult, I mean, just trying to trying to be in a room with a bunch of people and not socialize it's 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 you know it's hard. Yeah. So uh, so we're seeing that right now as a, as a consequence. Uh, we're we just got the report cards and on both of them it was the same thing. It's like they got to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, what do you expect? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, they're definitely like they're not shy. You're kidding, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. which is good. Yeah. I, I, our daughter, you know, during this time, obviously we had our, our daughter, and and um, the, I think the the tough part, the first six months, we, we had her right in the middle of the of the lockdown. Right. I mean, we were lockdown was was on my birthday, which so it stands out. It's on oh, March sixteenth, we had our daughter two weeks later, um, and so being in the hospital and what that looked like, and just being able to actually be in the hospital because yeah. now it's, they're even like. It, that you you're not going to get in the hospital because it's just they're so um, tough with that. But then having family come over, right? My parents didn't see our daughter until uh, she was probably four months, three oh, months. Wow. And so you think, oh, it's it, you get more time money, but the support system you get from family yeah. when a child is born is an important one, yeah. right? It's it's not just um, on my wife or my or myself. I mean, obviously more my wife because um, she's you know nursing. Um, but that demand is is really tough. So when you have an aunt, an uncle, a friend, a cousin come every day, it kind of like lightens it up a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, but when it's just you and uh, you against child every day, <laughs> um, it's you know it, it, it kind of it it, it obviously is a little tough. Um, it is, man. You're right because those are the experiences that you want to enjoy in person. Yeah. Uh, and every time you have people over, it's just a big celebration. Yeah. And not to be able to do it in person, that's yeah. tough, man. Yeah. That's really so tough. So we, we had, you know, for the first, I want to say year, uh, we had these things that I would do for my parents so they could see in my aunts. It was these morning conversations with our daughter, with Camila. And I would take on them on Instagram. Oh. Well, no, on Instagram, I would share them. And my mom, any day I would forget doing it in the morning, yeah. she would say, why didn't you send it to me? Because <laughs> that was their only interaction of seeing yeah. her every single day, which, again, it's, it's, it's challenging, especially – you know, with a, with grandparents that have a lot of grandkids, you know, to not be able to see their new grandkids. Those are the types of things that are really tough. I think, you know, people staying home, yeah, you you understand, but when you when you don't have those experiences, that that's a part that I think becomes a little bit more challenging or gets people, you know, um, uh, stre- not stressed, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The the depressed, probably not that extreme, but it just it gets you in a bad place. Yeah. Right? So. Um, what, what are you know during the the time now? What are some of the cooler p- 
projects that maybe you've done for for that are COVID related? So you're talking about an office or another or a gym or something. Like, is there certain requests that you got from people or from clients or whether it's a proposal or it might be a project that you've already completed all the way through? Um, what are some cool things that you've seen people do that you normally wouldn't have seen pre-COVID? Um, again, I think the big ones, the, the two big ones were a home gym mm-hmm. and an office. Um, and, and and I don't say it's a cool thing, but it's just uh, what was happening because of COVID. Uh, again, normally it's something else other than that, those two things. Um, but those are the two that, I, that I've kind of had bigger requests on. Um, Cool-wise, I, I don't know if I have anything that's really cool and it kind of stands out. No zip it's, line in no one's backyard yeah, no. or... No, not yet, man. But Big uh, tree clubhouse that yeah. you should get plans. Not yet, not yet. But it's uh, again, it's just one of those things where I think we uh, we learn or being at home more often, you realize how much space you need. And so, if you're living in a tiny home, you want more space. If yeah. you're in a big house, you want a little bit less space. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think you know, just learning how we. How live. about how about from commercial spaces? I know you've done work with restaurants and. And maybe office space and the use of office space as more people are working from home. Does that get a different? Does that look different as you now start thinking about designs and like the practical matter? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, our office is seven, eight thousand square feet where we work, and it's a ghost town. But we have we're still really productive because yeah. people are working from home. So does that change the landscape how you kind of design and look at things going forward after the pandemic? Yeah, so from the office space, uh, obviously we didn't get new projects going in, um, but the ones that we have, like the renovations, because most of them are renovations, um, it's usually that. It's where before it used to be like an open floor plan, um, you know, uh, create open space for collaboration. Now with this whole pandemic, people are looking for actual offices. Uh, and and kind of moving forward is one of those things where like, what if this happens again? Or what if this thing lasts longer than expected? that you're able to have a dedicated space or dedicated office where you could go and kind of essentially quarantine yourself uh, and not have to have people, you know, kind of crossing or coming through your space. Uh, so that's been one. We, we, we originally started from way back when where we did have offices to more of an open space, and now we're going back into office space again. So, And, and that's the same for homes, right? And, and back when homes were built, yeah. kitchen was in the kitchen, has its, its <laughs> walls, living room had its yeah. walls. But, you know, in the last... 10, 20, 30 years, people want to just have it all flow together. Yeah. And now it's the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> now we're going yeah, back. Yeah. So maybe in five years or 10 years, you're going to get those calls back saying, hey, we want to eliminate these walls and yeah. go back to the open concept. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, obviously, trends change and they're all based on our lifestyle and what current condition. Um, on the restaurant side, we're doing a lot of restaurants before COVID. Uh, obviously, those kind of died down in terms of uh, just because of, I think they were hit probably the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was happening was we were getting uh, calls for uh, outdoor patios, uh, outdoor space, um, whether it was something on the street or on a sidewalk or even just taking advantage of their parking lot and trying to convert that into a space. Uh, so we got we, we were kind of dealing with that. Um, and then the other part was actually applying for um, uh, alcohol licenses, which you would think, I mean, this is probably the worst time to do it because, you know, timing and so forth. Mm-hmm. But... Um, for them, it was, again, it was a, a survival mode, right? How do you compete uh, with local businesses? How do you stay afloat? Um, and one of the, the you know, big-ticket items for them is, is alcohol sales. And you were 
were you helping facilitate that license at all, or correct? So, so part of how that, does that work in your line of work? Uh, so, the, the way it works is obviously the, um, you have to go through a couple of departments to kind of get those sign offs. So, you got the health department, the city, and then ABC, which is the alcohol bureau uh, who issues those licenses. And so, all departments need plans uh, mm-hmm. for the facility. So, whether you're upgrading a space or you're just using that space and just applying for it, you still got to provide plans. Uh, so that's one part. The other part is we, we help with the uh, paperwork. Uh, it's a maze uh, uh, in terms of or a process like anything to try to get those uh, uh, permits approved. Um, but, again, uh, we, we were doing several of those uh, for businesses that, again, trying to compete, trying to stay afloat. Yeah. These outdoor spaces, are there any – I know you obviously do a lot of stuff in Whittier. Are they requiring – like actual plans for some of these outdoor patios? Like was there a process or is it – because at one point people – we and we talked about this. People could kind of throw up anything they want. Yeah. But obviously at one point it's going to change because now people are staying underneath these these areas and if something happens. So what what has been the evolution of maybe that? Because maybe they're – obviously they're probably here to stay. Well, that's, a, that's where we're getting calls on. Like it's the more permanent stuff. Um, and it's taking the temporary to a permanent situation. And uh, with the whole COVID uh, scenario was that uh, the cities were allowing you to do a temporary outdoor seating. So that's where you got a lot of these kind of uh, kind of makeshift uh, structures mm-hmm. or, or, or seating areas. Um, and there wasn't a permit required. Um, well, I shouldn't say there was no permit. There was some kind of permit required, but it the wasn't as, as, yeah, the process was not there in terms of how you would traditionally do it. Um, and, again, the reason being is they want to keep these businesses moving. Now – Moving forward, I think most of these businesses that want the outdoor patio mm-hmm. or, or some s- sort of outdoor seating will have to go through a process to get it permitted. So, uh, uh, I know there was some petition or something floating around, and you might know this, maybe, maybe not, um, regarding keeping it permanently, for especially in Uptown specifically. Yeah. Do you know that where that's at, and is that something you think is – here to stay, whether it's personally believe it or, or just professionally because you know that this is what's happening next? So, they, yeah, it was supposed to, the outdoor seating was supposed to end uh, actually this month, um, the temporary uh, outdoor seating. What they, and the shutdown of Greenleaf, right? The, the, the what they call the promenade. Um, they extended, so city actually extended that deadline. Um, I believe it's till the end of the year, uh, if not till the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of it has to do with obviously the the still still in COVID, uh, we're still dealing with this, and also the um, the idea that a lot of people were enjoying that outdoor uh, seating, and so just keeping it longer for them to enjoy, um, again helping business local businesses to be able to kind of thrive. Um, so they've extended that. My personal kind of feelings is that you know it definitely helps. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if we talked about it in the podcast several times, but I think we had several people saying that, that like when we asked, right, like, hey, what's one thing that you wish mm-hmm. that we'd had? Mm-hmm. And I, I was here, most people say they wanted something like the the Santa Monica prom- promenade, right? Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's you, again, you got two camps: those that do it, those that don't. Yeah. Um, for mine, I, I think it's a good idea. I just don't. I I think they just needs to be. Uh, plan well yeah yeah well th- that's that might be kind of the the solution where the once the temporary thing then they have to apply for a more permanent kind of outdoor area where there's a little bit more structure 
and some some places they've obviously put some substantial money yep. in in these spaces, and others maybe not as much. Like uh, the ones that come to mind is the Nixon and Costa. Yep. It looks like their setup is. I mean, it's not something you go to Home Depot and you you're going to put together in a day or two. This yeah. this looks pretty elaborate. Yep. Um, and obviously, it would be a, da- a shame if if uh, if they would have to obviously take these down. Yeah. And for just parking, you know, yeah, yeah. especially with a brand new parking structure that's built on what is that Comstock? On Comstock, Comstock, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. What else is? Any, you were gonna say something else, or no? I was gonna say, what are your thoughts on the promenade? I mean, is this something that you would you yeah. would uh, support, or just so we we out there? I say out there because again, with the little one, it's just you yeah. know our, our dinner times and it's babysitting. Yeah. yeah. So when we when we have. Uh, my my wife's mom and her sister or some family come over and watch Camila. We we typically go there because it's near our house, and so we could make it back here pretty quickly. Um, and last we actually went last week to the Modern Shaman, and we ate outside. We hung out, and it it was nice. It was a really it was a perfect day. It was maybe like late yeah it's late seventies, mid uh, mid high seventies late seventies, <laughs> and um, it was nice outside. I would say the one thing you know that was a little. Um, and this is just probably some signs or some policing. There's a lot of younger younger uh, skateboarders yeah. that were, you know, doing tricks. And it was, you know, if I was by myself, I would kind of watch and kind of say, oh, man, these, these guys, kids are cool. When you have a little daughter and you're kind of holding her hand and she's walking and they're zipping by, that's a different story. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, my lenses obviously has changed now, yes. especially with her being at that young age where I want to do whatever I can to keep her safe. And so when you have stuff like that happening, you're, you know, you're just not as safe. Um, but the overall experience, being able to walk, just being able to see people, having a good time, I mean, that's... I, I can't imagine going back to, to removing the promenade and then you get everyone in their respective restaurants or retail stores because, it, I don't know, if, I, I like that whole just feeling the energy of people. Yeah. And even though I'm not... At this restaurant or that, but me walking by, I see people having a good time. That just makes me feel better. So I'm definitely in favor of keeping the the the, the promenade. Uh, I know, like you mentioned, that there's two kind of schools. One says keep it. One says this is the worst thing ever. Um, I definitely lean more towards the keep it as a permanent thing and keep that street closed, um, Greenleaf, because you just don't need it. And and if anything, we saw that we don't need it. A lot of people yeah. complain about you know. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to get through to this place, that place. Uh, I would guess that most businesses are benefiting from it. Yep. I mean, there definitely might be some that um, this hasn't been good for them. However, um, I think just from from a community like um, constituent, like what do I want? I, that's what I would want. I, I don't want an additional thirty parking spots because we have that, like we said, new parking structure. Yep. So, um, yep. yeah. Um, so what what else we got going on? Well, we got that. I mean, we, we also got the uh, you know business overall with yeah. the city. I mean, it's uh, I know they, they've been kind of pushing on trying to do a lot of new renovation or not renovation, but improvements throughout the city, yeah. right? Um, we got some housing coming in. Yeah, the groves. Um, the groves. Uh, we got in and out. And the groves. I mean, it's. I walked into that main, I don't know, best thing I can call is a cafeteria, a common space. It is beautiful, man. Yeah. It's like you step into a complete different, like, world. Even the grass, the way how it's set up. and yeah. it's, it, They did such a really, just a really nice job in there. Nice. Uh, our team actually has sold 
uh, one of the units in there. Oh, really? So, yeah. Um, this was, was it Is April? it a house or an apartment? Or it a was a town, town, town home okay. condo, yeah. Um, it was, I want to say it was like a three or four bedroom in the mid, low sixes. Now they're probably in like the mid sevens no for that same really. unit, yeah. Wow. Um, but, it, I mean, it's just a complete different feel. You just, and I, I only been in that complex once or twice. Mm. Um, and, and I would say towards the end of, of where they're at now, it wasn't like, oh, I was there and I kind of saw anything before. I just saw close to the finished product and it was really impressive. Like, um, it's something you, I wouldn't expect to see here in Whittier, yeah. you know, especially it's such a big plan like that. Um, uh, you were saying something else? Uh, housing? Again, just the housing, obviously we got more housing coming in. We got a lot more new businesses that are obviously opening, which again, you, you take into account that, you know, this whole COVID thing is like. You know, it's not really inspiring a lot of people, but you'd be surprised. I mean, I think we had, um, I personally know about four businesses that opened up um, in Whittier. Uh, and again, you, you, part of it had to do with, you know, they're already in the industry and they're just, yeah. it's an extension. Yeah. Um, and then you had other businesses that were like started because of, you yeah. know, necessity, right? Um, which is kind of cool. But again, it's just one of those things where like, you know, why why you choose Whittier? I mean, it just comes down to just, you know, this is your community, so. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to think. It's, it's peaceful back here, right? And yeah. <laughs> so, again, we're sitting in the backyard, and I'm, I'm thinking, seeing planes go by because Whittier is a direct flight path. Um, what's, what's one, uh, obviously, we've had downtime uh, for the podcast, but is there anybody that you've been thinking about, like wanting to really have a conversation with or, or bringing on uh, that's been long overdue? Yeah. I, you know what? No, I, I just like interview. I just like talking to other just pe- people's stories. Oh, yeah. Right. So, it, it you know, if I see someone that maybe I like what they're doing with their restaurant or their food or however, I mean, I'm I like talking to just any movers and shakers because I, I want to. Obviously, they're always. I always get inspiration from it. Always learn something from it. So I don't have like a specific person where I want to know their story. I just want to get back on a schedule where it's more frequent. Where at the end of let's say fast forward this time next year, we've interviewed fifty additional you know um, uh, guests. Um, then I could say, hey, that that was good because I learned this. I learned that versus yeah. or, or saying, hey, I, I now know this person's story and now I want to go to their business or go support them in however I can. So uh, no, no specific person that really like comes to mind. Well, Um, for the listeners out there, if there's anybody specifically that that you think uh, we should bring on, let us know. Uh, We are looking to get more guests on the podcast. And uh, like Remo said, the whole idea is just to have a conversation you get to know them uh, and uh, understand why why they're here in Whittier. And that's, I mean, I honestly will make my business like purchase decision or how where which place I go, you know, the Modern Shaman, for example, with with Kim and, and Mike. I I think they're just great people. And so if I have a choice to eat at a place where I know I'm, it'll eventually help good people versus not having the story. I and I was given the choice. I would go there. So. I want to support all the businesses, and the more we get an opportunity to, to talk to the different businesses, and obviously we'll be able to have that kind of connection. And I think Whittier is obviously large in its size, but small in that kind of knit community that's there. And so the more I think we have these interviews of them, I think it kind of connects us even more yeah. 
um, whether someone listening to this maybe weren't sitting here at us with the table, but now they know John, the, I don't know, the, the restaurant owner's story, and now they know John came from a, you know, from this and that, and now he's here. I think that's really like a reason why if I was listening, I would want to go visit John yeah. in that example. Yeah. With that said, do you have a place you frequent, uh, you know, you, you try to um, get something? Or, or let's put it this way. Now that you're able to go out and, uh, you know, venture out, yeah. is there something that you frequent or, or you wish you could frequent? Jesse, I am such a uh, <laughs> a creature of habit. It is ridiculously stupid. Like I, I can eat the same breakfast, and I I get like excited about it every single day. Like it, so, my wife makes this avocado, and that's if we avocados don't go bad or we have them in the house, which is always a struggle between those two. Eggs and on a piece of toast and two side sauce. And I tell you, I'm I like my mouth gets watery for, for that. And I know it sounds, sounds weird and that's Monday through Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Actually one rule in the house, we, we typically get, um, um, California grill on Sundays. Um, so other than that, so I'm, again, I, I go to the exact same spot. So those spots are, we, we go to the chicken coop quite often that we get the whole chicken and three sides. And that's typically enough for, um, for me and my wife. And then it gives Camila some, some chicken as well. Yeah. So, um, for breakfast, we go to California Grill. Um, you know, the, the one kept secret about them, and you got to go after like 9, 30, 10, and I'll tell you right now, they have this killer blueberry muffin. That's really? Just, yeah, that's really like in, in, incredible. And I, I get breakfast there, right? And the breakfast is good, but it's not like the blueberry muffin. So uh, luckily I say that kind of to the end, and I'll eat it over like a day or two, but it's really good, especially they they bake well, it fresh af- after like nine. I was gonna say, is it is it a baked good? That's yeah, it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So they they cook it, they bake it there because there's been times where when it's come, it's you know it was probably the day before and it wasn't yeah. as delicious, and then there's other times where you know it just came off the out of the oven because it just kind of the way it feels. Mm-hmm. So they're 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 really good. Um, for dinner around here, a modern shaman. Um, we go to the green green leaf Thai. Okay, th- th- their food is really yeah, good. It is good. Um, and you know, the, 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 I forget the owner's name, and maybe that's someone that we could probably yeah. have a conversation with. Um, he's 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 a cool guy. I mean, um, I bought a couple beers from him, just beers. Nice. Um, and I think he also gave us a couple beers at one point to try them on, to try them, and and so that they got me hooked. There was some Tum Young Gun beer, <laughs> which is which just is the name alone, right? Yeah. Um, which is the, that's the name of one of their really popular like Thai soups. Yeah. So that's why I know it. Um, so th- we go there quite often. Um, Mimos Cafe, their breakfast burritos. I get sausage breakfast burritos always kind of a, a go to. By the way, that was that's my go to for breakfast burritos, man. Mimos? And it's the same. It's the same way you order it with beans instead of hash browns. Oh, did, did which you is change funny. it? <laughs> oh, you know it's funny. So this is just. Uh, <laughs> Every single time. So Ramon is the owner of Mimos yeah. Cafe. So anyone else that takes my order, I always say extra beans instead oh, okay. of potatoes. If it's anyone else, they'll put extra beans. With Ramon, he does it. And so now I just got oh. to have Ramon. 
please put extra beans. I'll yeah. pay for them. And he's just kind of substituting no potatoes with beans. Yeah. But I, I want I want it to be full. Actually, yeah. right? Because I'm a growing boy. I want more more stuff in it. Yeah. And um, so it was good, right? The, the, Dude, with the they, beans. Something about the beans, man. Yeah. Uh, um, the beans are really good. Uh, and it's funny because I was having the conversation with Mike from six seven forty. And same thing, I was telling him, dude, I don't know what it is about their beans. He goes, uh-huh. yeah, man. He goes, he goes, I usually get the just a, uh, like a bean burrito. And he goes, it's something about the beans, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's my go-to breakfast uh, place uh, for burritos. And, and then, you know, the other place that's really good that we get, not as often as now as I'm thinking about it, is a Peruvian place on Bailey, where you see mm-hmm. Bailey's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. I forget their name. I just know there's a Peruvian place in Uptown. I haven't had it yet. Is it's it, good. It's good, it's good it? yeah. Um, you know, it, it's 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 uh what is the best way to describe it? Like you're not gonna go play a basketball game and run after it. You know, I get the the one with the fries and the meat and oh yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my wife orders out. Salomo Lomo Soltel. That, that's yeah. it. That's it right there. So we'll get that and she'll get like something else that we'll share and then it's a good night after. That. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Pretty he- health uh, healthy meal, hearty meal out. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. How about yourself? What are your your go to? Um, you know, it's funny you say Thai food because we're we're into the Thai place over here, Thai table. Uh, it's over here by the Whitwood. Um, again, good food. Uh, we were actually there last Friday, uh, and it was one of those little jo- again those those joys that you get now, being able to go out to a restaurant, dine in, uh, and I have to worry about it, right? Uh, so that was our our, our last meal last week. Uh, if you ever get a chance, they have um, it's a Thai uh, dessert, which is uh, a mango with sticky rice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the thing's amazing, really? man. The only, <laughs> the only bad thing about it or complaint I would have, uh, it's too small. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's too expensive to order through uh, them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, again, you got, you got four individuals who are trying yeah. to pick at, at the uh, dessert, and it's yeah. a small dessert, man. You just got to go with, get it with you and your wife. Don't, <laughs> don't invite the kids. Say, this thing's awful. Don't eat it. Yeah. Chug it down. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just uh, that, and then uh, we've been watching a lot, of, a lot of sports, obviously with yeah. with my kid and so forth. Um, so we've been frequenting the uh, local bu- Buffalo Wild Wings, yeah, which is um, hilarious that you guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's like because it's, it's more of like a, a restaurant, but bar. It's right? a bar. I yeah. mean, you think about it's a bar, but it's the only bar they allow kids in. And it's yeah. like uh, so. Uh, so he enjoys that. Does he sit um, at the bar? We've done it one, not the bar <laughs> bar, but the the little tables, the high tables. To the bar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is funny because again, it's one of those things where like you don't expect kids to kind of yeah. hang out, but uh, that'd be the life of the party. For some I'm sure reason, he's they watching. were. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, there was a time we we're watching. Uh, there was a Dodger game on, and uh, it wasn't a big game, uh, so they had it. They only had one TV showing the Dodger game, and then they were showing something else. I don't know if it was a, a college football or they were showing something other sports throughout, right? And uh, of course, we're watching the Dodger game, and I don't know where uh, there was a home run. And he was the only one, like the the, the uh, restaurant, you know, it, it's pretty quiet in the yeah. sense that nobody's cheering into yeah. that. And I don't know where you see this kid off in the corner just yell, yeah, yeah, yeah. for that home run. <laughs> Every turns on looks like, what the hell is this kid watching, yeah. man? Like, cause, on his iPhone or something? <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is that it, it's, a, it's a match, and there was like no big play on the main yeah. screen, right? Yeah. So it was like, what is that kid watching, yeah. you know? Um, but again, it's, it's, uh, 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 so that's what we've been doing, uh, one thing that we've been we've been enjoying lately is that now we have sports back. Mm-hmm. So being able to do that with the kids, uh, and again, it's one of those things where you just you forget you forget how how uh, much you really need to be outdoors and and be physical. Um, so that we've been enjoying that. 
Uh, any restrictions on that? Like, do you have any where they're close to other kids? And obviously, yeah. them returning back to schools is even worse of a – not worse, but more of an exposure versus yeah. on, a, on a baseball field. Yeah, so so we're still counties. So we're L.A. County. Um, L.A. County um, is a more strict uh, county in terms of those uh, COVID mm-hmm. requirements. And so they um, – uh, so for kids playing outdoors, and actually, I, I just found out that it's actually also well, it's LA County, so they enforce everybody, not just uh, uh, recreational leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought they were being hard on recreational leagues, not knowing that they're actually doing the same thing for high schools and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a uh, so if you're ten, uh, if you're twelve and under, um, uh, you don't have to, all you have to do is uh, uh, wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, wear a mask from the parking lot to the practice area or the field. You can take it off while you're playing, and then when you're done, you got to put on your mask again while you're walking back to the car. Um, if you're 12 years or and older, you're supposed to have either a vaccine, or um, if you don't have the vaccine, then you got to test uh, either on a weekly basis or uh, 72 hours before your game. Who who pays for the test? Um, so the good thing is that the league we're in is uh, it's all paid by the league. Oh. Okay. Um, so they take care of all the testing. Uh, they actually hired somebody to do the the weekly or whatever testing. Um, and how do the kids feel? Like, do, is it just like okay, no problem, or do you have kids that are just like, well, here's a hurt or I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. Here's the interesting thing is that when they gave us all the requirements, the guidelines, because they even applies to coaches. So if you're coaching, mm-hmm. uh, you have to follow that mandate. Uh, and so uh, everybody's like at arms, like, what, no, this and that. There's no way I'm going to have my kid test every week. And then th- then you start looking like, well, hold on. Let's look at, the, let's look at how it applies to our, our league. We only have, uh, it's I think, two or three groups that are above 12 years old. So that means that out of whatever, the 500 kids, you're only going to have, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 60 or, or so that are going to, so, which is not bad because it's easier to test 60 than it is 500, yeah. right? Um, so that was one good thing. Uh, the other one is from a coaching standpoint, most of the coaches that I know, uh, you know, uh, we're all kind of vaccinated because of that same reason. So there was really no issues with that. Um, once in a while you'll get, you'll get, uh, you know, one of the coaches who, who for whatever reason they didn't get vaccinated, but again, they go through the testing, uh, before the games and they have the choice and they either do one or the other. Correct. Right. Yeah. You know, again, you know, we've been blessed. Uh, the uh, so my kids been playing baseball already a season. They're doing soccer now. My 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 daughter's playing the second season of soccer. Soccer, sorry. And um, so far in the groups that he's been around, there hasn't been a case to where we need to shut down the group or the team or anything like that. What's the protocol on that? If one kid and with you said six hundred, five hundred, or yeah. just within the smaller group gets it, well, what's the actual protocol? Uh, so it's kind of similar to what you have at home, right? So if it if it's within your team, um, you gotta trace it back to when the, you think they were uh, infected or, mm-hmm. or, or in contact. There you go. Um, and so if it was during, if it fell in the time frame of the um, practice time when they were together, then everybody has to quarantine. But if it was before, then it's only the individual and his family who have to quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a ten day quarantine. Um, and then if it's a uh, if they were actually sick and uh, and I think it was positive, then they have to they have to show proof that they're they've been cleared and, and so they could come back to sports. Well, if they were exposed, are they going back to the same facility for testing, or they got to do that on their own? 
Um, I think they have the choice. Okay. Uh, but most of the time, I, I would say that you know they're probably gonna use their own, uh, you know, doctors or, or, or hospital or whatever. Um, but like I said, so far we haven't had a case, um, and I think it has to do with a lot of factors. One, obviously, we're all outdoors. Yeah. Um, these are not like full contact sports. Yeah, that's um, a big part. Yeah, it's a it's a big and you're spaced, you know, equally. Um, and then the other thing is you got kids. I mean, they're 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 all under twelve, and and so uh, I think part of that has to do with you know just staying healthy. Yeah. So, so I, I before the pandemic I would play in basketball leagues, and before really Camila, so. Um, so I, I would play in two basketball leagues a week, right? On a, maybe a Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, and um, and basketball is a lot different. Basketball is indoors; it's close contact, um, and uh, you know you're getting people sweat; they're getting your sweat. So that means <laughs> they're getting your COVID. <laughs> yeah. You're giving them your, you know, vice versa. So um, it has picked it back up. So it officially started, and so for both leagues, I just decided not to play. Um, just because, um, you know, obviously again, um, we don't want to bring something back home and, uh, I don't want to get hurt (laughs) because one thing about sports, especially if you're kind of a weekend warrior, you know, or you're a mature adult, um, your ankles become mature, (laughs) your knees become mature. And so I got way too much going on to just get injured right now. So I maybe slowly get back into it, especially when things kind of calm down even more. Um, Just because it's, you know, there's, it's not just the COVID potentially, it's, it's the injury. And I think that's something that, you know, hopefully no one listening has experiences, but as you return to sports, if you haven't been in a basketball, you haven't been making cuts, you haven't been making these sharp moves, these explosive moves, all of a sudden you do so, that's when you start, you know, your, your knees go out, your ACLs, your Achilles, your all these injuries that, set you back for yep. you know six months a year yep. and again when you're when you're mature <laughs> spring chicken you know spring yeah, chicken you're not you're not going to recover in a, in, a, in a day or two with a sprained ankle you might yeah. be in a boot and not be able to go to work and yeah. so that's right that's right all right anything else we want to talk about i know we hit on a lot of things yeah i mean just again just to kind of recapping and making sure that you know we're we're moving forward uh forward obviously as individuals uh forward as a community um and you know trying to try to be as productive as we can uh being limited with certain resources um but uh, like anything uh, like everything in life right you're you're gonna you're gonna be able to survive and thrive uh we'll get over this um but you know meantime we gotta deal with what we gotta deal and yeah Make the best. Yeah. Let, let's do a, can we do a pitch, a shameless plug? So, Jesse, you're an architect? Cause we, well, not even shameless. I, I was going to say, I know we didn't really get into details on how yeah. the market is. Uh, just in, in, I mean, we're both in the same industry, right? Um, and so we really did Complementing industry, industries, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And, uh, and so we, we really didn't, we, we didn't go through and discuss in full detail of, of really how things are, are going right now in the market. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because it's uh, obviously like I mean, there's there's different uh, people you talk to on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, right before the right before the interview, we were talking about you know property that I have and in yeah. terms of you know financials for it and whether it makes sense to refinance or not. And um, so you're told one thing, and obviously yeah. you have a different perspective. But in terms of the market, I mean, uh, obviously it's a hot market. Um, what would you say uh, if somebody is looking to, I guess, 
who would this market be for um, specifically? Yeah. Is it a buyer, so, seller? So it's definitely a, a seller's market. And what, what that just means is there is more people that want to buy than people that want to sell. I mean, the, a, a really hot seller's market, right, when there's everyone wants to buy and no one wants to sell, yeah. is very similar, and I know this analogy hopefully strikes home, is when toilet paper was at a shortage, yeah. right? Didn't matter if it was one-ply, two-ply, just, just give me anything. And that's kind of like the market that we've been in ever since – I want to say May of 2020, maybe June, right? We had that initial, like, everything stopped, and then people said, okay, it's not going to be as, as bad. And from a real estate standpoint, again, yeah. not, not, the, not the pandemic. Um, so it, it's, it's still been booming. Um, I think most places are seeing 15, some as high as 20% appreciation in, in a 12-, 14-month uh, period. And, you know, that's that's not sustainable. That's, I think... A lot of that had to do with catching up on those two, three months and then obviously starting at a lower point after that. To, so that's why that number sounds a lot higher. Um, and just to put it in perspective, when you say that, those might be – they might sound like just fractions of a number. But when you put it to dollars, I mean, yeah. you're talking about hundreds. Yeah. So, you know, if your house was worth 500000 pre-pandemic, like let's say March of 2020 – um, we're in October 2021. Your house is probably somewhere in like the 600 range. Yep. So that's, you know, that that's a, that's a big jump. I mean, that's time. that's a full time job or another one or two people in your household working. So the market is still fairly strong. It is though slowing down, and I think, you know, buyer buyer fatigue is kind of kicking in. And you know, buyers three months ago were pretty much buying the, every home as is. The, even if there was a shortage on what it appraised for, they were coming with a difference. And, you know, from a, people might say, well, is that is that strong or healthy for the market? Well, I'll pose this question. If you're a seller and you are you have 10 offers, you're picking probably the best, like, well-qualified offer, typically a substantial amount down, typically a higher FICO score, bigger deposits. So if you were buying a house and you were the one that was selected to buy the house and, and you close and you put 20% down, 50% down, that's that's good for the market because that means you're not going to, in, in a sense, when prices adjust in any way, you're, you're going to walk away because you have so much skin in the game. That's a big difference from obviously 2007, 2008, where they had a lot of these 100% financing, where if you did have any 5% correction, you thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm out, right, versus having 50% down, you're not going to be out. You're going you're gonna to be in there for some time. Um, so with that said, though, I, I do see a, a, a slowing down where, you know, on most homes that we list, we are, we are not getting the 10, 20 offers. We're still getting, though, two, five, seven offers, depending on the home. And it's still selling above the asking. But it, the, the demand isn't as strong, uh, which is good because it was way too aggressive for the last year or so. So this is actually a good place to be. And I don't see us uh, with a substantial price adjustment where people talk about the market's going to crash and, and all this stuff. I... I I wouldn't be able to see it unless we have some sort of like out of like they call it um what is it called a, a godly act right or something that's out of the ordinary obviously the pandemic is one war right they talk about this debt ceiling and how that can obviously play a part in some but but you have to have some big like um, callus that's going to change the direction of the market um, but 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 the alternative right if someone says well I don't I don't want to buy 
uh, I think it's too high. Well, if you're going to rent your for a three bedroom in Woodier house, you're paying $3,000, you know, $3,3200 to rent. You look at the mortgage, it's not that far off. And so when you ask the question about what who is this market for? It is for the buyer that's just going to plant their flag and stay in in the house long term. If you're going to say, "Well, I want to buy something and realize some of this uh, appreciation and then sell it next year," I would say just hang tight and don't get in the market because you know there is some uncertainty. But if you're thinking, you know, this is where my family is going to be and you're going to be there five, seven, ten years, then you're good to buy now. For sellers, we, we've we've helped more in the last six months, maybe nine months that we probably have helped in the last five years. And that's sellers that are relocating out of California. Mm. I would say the last, like literally 10 sellers that we've helped more than half left California, which is, which is kind of unique Mm because prior to COVID or the pandemic, we probably helped like two a year because it's just, you know, people wanted to stay in California. Um, you know, depending on where you're at with this, you know, yeah. people might say, the, you know, the heck with California and I'm leaving to this or that. So we've had a good amount of people relocate to Texas, to Florida, North Carolina, Idaho and Arizona. Hmm. And, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate, obviously, because what, what are they they agree with local politics, what's going on, whatever it might be. We're, we're losing people and that means we lose you know those kind of tax dollars and so forth so you start getting less resources and you might say oh one or two people is not bad it's, it's the trend and as people start leaving you start getting less resources and you know and that's where areas like uh, michigan at one point was booming because of the, the the businesses and when people start leaving that's when they realize oh we need those tax dollars so yeah that, that just means that now they're going to tax you more because yeah well, I mean, most people are not going <laughs> to reduce programs. They're going to yeah, yeah. expect the money yeah. to come from somewhere else, yeah. right? If if uh, they lose 10% of the money because people have left because yeah. of migration patterns, then at that point, that money's things are not going to get cheaper, right? No, no, it's going to get more expensive, and they're still going to want the same you know, program. So that's where the taxes go. And again, that, that's, you know, I don't want to take a side on, on one or the other, taxes, not yeah. taxes, Um but you know, I, I pay more taxes than I would like to pay. We all do, man. <laughs> yeah, so, we all do. Um, anyways, so that that's an overall like housing, like update. Um, you know, one thing I don't know if we have time, but the the SB nine. Do you want to get into that really quick? And uh, no, I mean we can. So, I mean, it's just a quick overview. Yeah, just um, what what is that? Because I I'm really excited about when there's these new. Um, I, like concepts or, or, or ways of being able to create wealth yeah. through, you know, real estate with, with rental income or if, yeah. if it's your own home or, or help offset your mortgage. And when these things don't come around that often. Obviously, ADUs were one, but... Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely that, obviously. It's not when it was... Uh, so Senate Bill 9, which is SB 9, it was... And there's a several more out there that were, were uh, kind of signed over by the governor uh, to create additional housing. Um, the the main intent was obviously to deal with the shortage of housing, right? Uh, shortage of shortage of housing, but also the shortage of uh, affordable housing or entry level housing. And so, what they've allowed for now, uh, and this won't kick in until beginning of the year, is that now you could convert your single family home uh, or property into uh, essentially a duplex or, or uh, have two homes on a lot, uh, which is different than the ADU uh, law that was passed in 2017. Um, that's big because uh, kind of like what you're saying is that uh, aside from 
adding additional housing stock, it's going to open the doors to potential homeowners uh, to be able to create some uh, real estate, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, investments or investment property that uh, will generate that that uh, wealth in the future. Um, you know, just a quick kind of synopsis. So, uh, by adding a second home, uh, again, there is no. The only limits they have is whatever the city limits you. So you can essentially build another thousand square foot home or so forth. Um, the uh, the advantage to it with the Senate Bill Nine is that now you could legally split the lot. So that's where that generational wealth comes in, where um, you're able to uh, dedicate or, or, or yeah dedicate a space uh, for a separate lot. So now that means you have two properties, two separate properties on what used to be one. That can um, be individually sold. That could be individually sold, uh, or you could hold both of them and rent them out. Um, and so that's where that's where the big kind of game changer is for for yeah. uh, moving forward. Um, how this is going to work? Again, we don't know until yeah. beginning of the year. Um, but I, I know this is not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, this is not for every city either. A, a very small percentage of people will hear this and say, "Wow, that's exciting," or "That's cool." Some yeah. some might say the opposite. Yeah. Where imagine if you were, you know, just yeah. want to stay in your home, don't want to be disturbed, and all of a sudden your neighbor now turns their house into two houses, yeah. and most other neighbors do. Obviously, the impact on parking, and so there's definitely both. There's two sides to this, and you know, I, I can definitely relate with both sides because you know it, it's not going to be nice if you all of a sudden on your street double the cars, yeah. right, yeah. or double the congestion. But again, and, and there's uh, again, there's from my perspective, obviously, it's got to be planned well, planned correctly. There are a lot of lots in Whittier, here in Whittier that would um, that would be beneficial. Um, you know, you got some lots that are over ten thousand square feet. Again, what do you use that extra space for? Nothing really. Uh, but to be able to put an additional home with its own parking garage and so forth would definitely uh, make sense. Um, and again, it it'll, it'll kind of help streamline some of that stuff. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I think, and like I said, there's more kind of bills and laws coming through. Um, it's definitely going to change. Uh, we're, in, it, we're in a time frame um, or in point of history, really, where uh, we're going to start seeing how neighborhoods change. Um, you know, before I was having this conversation earlier today with somebody uh, who uh, obviously way older than me, and they remember Whittier being farmland. Right, uh, you had all those groves, uh, the orange groves, and so forth, and homes were scattered, and and um, you know there were, it was it was a wider kind of uh, city. Now they they're more, it's a more denser city, not dense as it would like city of L.A. or or like for example New York where you have all these skyscrapers and so forth. Um, but I think we're in that phase where we're moving towards something like that, where you're going to start seeing more densely packed uh, neighborhoods. What that means, I don't know, but but uh, we'll we'll definitely start experiencing uh, living in an urban set. You know. Yeah, yeah. Very nice, Jesse. Anything else? Anything new spots you like? Anything you want to share? I know we're definitely over in time. Um, you know, there's a lot of new spots. Uh, like I said, I think uh, the the best thing would be to be able to just you know reach out. We'll reach out to them to see if we could get them on the podcast, just so they could tell the story. Um, but you know, for me, it's just making sure that we all kind of move along and and thrive in this uh, unfortunate situation. Got it. Well, Jess, I hope you enjoyed your time here at our new studio for the day. And <laughs> <laughs> we gotta sign a lease, man. 
Yeah. As our dogs barking in the background to probably be let out to go pee. So yeah. <laughs> the joys of uh, doing stuff at home. Awesome. Well, with that said, uh, thank you, Whittier. And uh, again, stay tuned for the next podcast. And yep. hopefully uh, you keep enjoying these episodes. Yep. Bye, Whittier. See you later. <laughs>